Welcome to Where There Is Hope. Here we offer inspiration and encouragement from the Bible. With Travis Renfro, I'm John Lindsay. We're glad you're here. Today we're going to be studying the topic of Logos, or Logos, depends how you read it, I guess. For those who may not know this word, it's a Greek word meaning word. We're going to try and unpack what John meant when he called Jesus the Word. So we'll start off reading this section in John 1 and then discuss the meaning of Christ being the Word. So John 1, and I'm going to read 1 through 18. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light, that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory is of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was of This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. So before we get into the cultural context of this book, uh, Travis, what do you think it means when it says Christ is the Word? says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. That is, um, when I looked at this outline uh, for this podcast, that question terrified me. Uh, it's, <laughs> a, it's a very difficult question. Well, if you can just give me the answer. Oh, sure. Succinctly. <laughs> just unpack this real quick <laughs> in a tiny little package. Um, you know, I, I think the way that I read it is Jesus Christ is the Word, and and, and that's, and that is God. That is a part of God. Now, how that works is really, really difficult for me to understand. But there's so much said in these verses that that kind of fill in the blanks. Um, it's a creative force. Um, it is a life-giving force. It is an illuminating force. Um, and in all those things, then it becomes flesh and you know, as, as amazing and complicated and difficult as it is to understand everything before that, then in verse 14, the word, verse 14, uh, the word becomes flesh and reveals God's glory. Um, I don't know. I can't really answer that question, but there are some aspects to it that are, that are revealed in the passage you selected. Thanks. Um, that's a, that's a good, uh, understanding of it. I think my, for me, um, I've always had some difficulty understanding this as well, because in so in modern day, when we talk about 
word. A word is just a piece of language. It's, you know, we, we talk in sent- sentences made up of words, and each word um, gives something that's so difficult you can't even describe <laughs> word. Uh, each word describes something, and there's words that connect other words, and, um, um, you know, so when when John calls him the word, it's it's interesting because it's like, okay, is he is he one word? Is he uh, the speaking aspect of God? Is he the voice of God? Is that what he's saying? Um, so anyway, if you look at the cultural context of this book, and you consider when it was written and who would have been reading it, so of course, John was written in Greek, and um, or at least the translation that we have is in Greek, the original translation. Um, so if you're a Jew reading this and you read things about the word, what would have come to mind, and so just to preface this really quick, I've been studying church history lately, and um, I got some of this from the church history book that I'm reading. So if you're a Jew reading this and you see the word being spoken of, um, they would have understood it to reference the written word of the Lord. So as a Jew, I would have thought of this to mean the law or... um, the written word of God. That's that would have been my understanding of this: is the written word of God. In the beginning was the written word of God, and the written word of God was with God, and the written word of God was God. So, you think of like a, a, uh, you know, almost a physical copy of it type mm-hmm. thing. Um, it, it would have been that, or they could have understood it to mean the word of the prophets, um, things like that. The word of God coming through the prophets. Uh, as a Greek, it's a little different how they understood this word uh what i what i say is logos um there's uh, several different ways that they could have understood this but two key ways are that logos could have been seen as the reason or the wisdom resident in the mind of god so um almost like the the um the reasoning of god would have been the word so if you think of in the beginning was the reasoning of God, and the reasoning of God was with God, and the reasoning of God was God. So you get that element of, um, uh, it's a little bit, it reads a little bit different, right, when you read it that way and how these people would have understood it. So the other other way they could have read it is they could have seen it quite simply as we might see it as a, the articulated word of God. Um, so as I speak, I am saying words. And um, that is an articulated word. So maybe the most difficult part of all of this is that it's not really clear what way, (laughs) you know, like we just talked about, what way John is referring to this, uh, given the the way that they could have read this in John 1. So um, after we've just reviewed all this, I think it would be interesting to look through at least the first part of John 1 again, thinking of the different ways that we can interpret this. So I'd like to read again uh, just through the first four verses. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him not anything was made. Was that was, And without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. So you can see 
um, I think if you know this this little bit of history about these things, it does read a little bit different. You can kind of see how these people may have interpreted it differently than we do today. Than we do today. But in that passage, he references something. Um, it's really the the first part of it. What's he say? Where does he say the word was? The word was with God in the beginning. In the beginning, yes. And, um, you know, if you want to go to the beginning, where do you start? In the beginning. In the beginning, <laughs> right. Uh, in the Genesis. So in Genesis chapter 1, and what I'd like to do here is now that we're thinking about um, Christ being the word and being the word of God, um, as we read, I'm going to read the entirety of Genesis chapter 1. And as we read... Genesis chapter 1, I want you to listen for the times that I'm talking about saying or, or calling, because those are things that the voice or the, the word would do. So uh, what I've done is I've actually underlined them on my outline so that I can emphasize those points, and hopefully that'll provide a little bit of clarity to uh, what I'm trying to hammer home here. Do you have any, so this is a bit of a lengthy reading, do you have any points you'd like to make before this or no? That's all right if you don't. While I have a chance here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was thinking as you were talking about how the Jews and the Greeks would, would separately have interpreted the word logos, that um, those those ideas probably aren't as disparate as, as they seem on the surface. Because for the Jews who are maybe a little bit more of absolutist, um, they would see the word as, like you said, as the law as like that foundational principle that is immutable, unchangeable. And the Greeks were in a similar concept, looking for reason and, uh, and understanding. They would not have been as absolutist as, as the Jews would have been. But they're all kind of looking for what's the purpose? Where does it all come from? What's, what's the reason behind all of it? Um, and the, the Greeks want to get there through understanding and the Jews want to get there through being told, it seems like. Um, but they're both looking for a standard in a sense. And I think maybe, I don't know, that kind of helps me understand it a little bit differently, but that, that's really all I've got. I'm kind of interested to hear this, uh, emphasis in Genesis and, and think about that differently. Yeah. You just made me think. So if you take a moment and you think about the Jews and the Greeks, they really are thinking of the same type thing. The, maybe the biggest difference is that the the location of the words so for mm-hmm. the jews it was the written word once it was put onto you know tablets or paper or whatever uh, it was solidified uh, or it was coming out of the mouth of the prophets as it was happening for the greeks it was more the concepts that were going to form those words within the mind the reasoning behind that and the and then as it was coming out, the articulated word. So it's really all the same thing. It's just where where those words were when it was being referred to, I guess. Yeah, that's good. So, um, Okay, Genesis 1. Let me get my papers ready. Genesis 1, uh, and we're just going to read the entirety of Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. 
and God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. And God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. And God made the expanse and separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse, and it was so. And God called the expanse heaven. And there was evening and there was morning the second day. And God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth and the waters that were gathered together he called seas. And God saw that it was good. And God said, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed and fruits fruit trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind on the earth. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kinds, and trees bearing fruit in which is is their seed according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the third day. And God said, Let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night, and let there be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. And God set them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth to rule over the day and over the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good, and there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. And God said, Let the waters swarm with swarms of living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the heavens. So God created the great sea creatures and every living creature that moves, with which the waters swarm according to their kinds, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters and the seas, and let birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning the fifth day. And God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds, livestock and creeping things, and beasts of the earth according to their kinds, and it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth according to their kinds, and the livestock according to their kinds, and everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind, and God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image, and the image of God he created him, male and female he created them. And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding that, and yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth, and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food, and to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the heavens, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. Uh, So um, a question or two, what do you see repeated here? 
Well, there's a lot. Um, the word said and the word called, um, those are the ways that, that God you know, created and, and categorized, classified the different parts of his creation. Yeah, exactly. Um, and what do you see happening? So each day he says something, and then what happens? Action. Something, something is created. Yeah, and it's even repeated. It says, um, let's see, uh, several times reading that, um, and, well, there, there's a lot. Verse 7, verse 9, verse 11, uh, and it was so, and it was so, and it was so, and it was so, and it was so. So uh, you get this, it, it doesn't say, and then... 15 days went by and slowly the things progressed and then no instant action um, so when we consider John it, we th- we go back to think about John and and John 1 calling Christ the word um, and we consider that in the he says in the beginning uh, Jesus was the word and we consider the characteristics of the word in the beginning is that it's something that has great power, that brings great change, and that brings instant action. Um, can you think of anything else, maybe like a, a, a role or position that brings great change at the uh, spoken word? It has to be somebody with authority. You think someone like a ruler... Um a king, something along those lines. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, a king. It's like you read my outline. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to make it subtle, and, yeah. and you just went ahead and shone the light on it. Yeah, yeah well, <laughs> um, yeah, a king. You know, Christ is called a king. Um, in, in John 1, he's also called a light. Um, so, yeah, a king, when a king wants something done, it's hard for us to understand that and nowadays... Uh, and culture nowadays because we have a president and really if the president says something it doesn't really happen um, there's some things that do happen but if he wants to make a law he can't just make a law uh, if he was to follow our process mm-hmm. um, he has to go through a huge uh, you know he has to pass it through um, yeah there's a legislative Congress process yeah, yeah. But, you know maybe maybe one example is uh, the role of the president in the United States is also that of commander-in-chief. Yeah. So when he gives the order for troops to be deployed to wherever they, he wants to send them around the world, they go. Yes. So he has that sort of absolute authority. Yeah, you're right. And and so I guess my point is with a king, he has that, that absolute authority in everything. Mm-hmm. He can make laws like that. He can have somebody killed like that. He declares war like that. If he wants to make a new road... He makes a new road, mm-hmm. and uh, anyway, uh, a king—the word of a king—is is the authority, mm-hmm. right? And so Christ is referenced as the word. He is the word. He is the king, uh, the light, the lamb. And uh, just imagine the power of someone who's not only the king but someone who is the word. And is inspiring action himself. Uh, he he embodies action, and so um, there, there's a. I hope this 
this has been an encouraging thought, and um, you've been able to glean something, glean something from this study um, as we talk about the Word and what the Word is. And um, I hope it gives you some things to consider in your life as you serve Christ and seek to uh, better honor Him. Did you have any closing remarks on this topic? Uh, you know, it's it's a it's a deep thing to consider, and I, I like you. I hope people will spend some time, you know, meditate on this, think yeah. about this for a while. Yeah, meditate on um, Christ as the Word, and have you let the Word uh, change you, and have you listened to the Word, and has it brought action in your life? If you'd like to learn more about Christ being the Word, Christ being the Lord, Christ being the King, the Lamb, the Light. Uh, please, please email us at wtihope at gmail.com. Thank you for joining us where there is hope. It is our goal to share the hope and joy that we find in scriptures with you. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave us a review. You can email us at wtihope at gmail.com. Lamentations 3.24, the Lord is my portion, says my soul, therefore I will hope in him.